What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the SD Prep Insider Studios, bringing you another week of San Diego High School football coverage. We got a great preview show lined up here for you. If this is your first time checking in with us, thank you very, very much. You've caught us on a week where everybody is out and about. Some studio renovations happening here to try and upgrade things and add some more stuff for you. So we had some time constraints, and we got everybody lined up on the phone to be guests, so nobody is here with me right now as I am in our little secondary closet type room getting stuff done. We still are going to get to every single game county-wide. We're just going to do it kind of in reverse. We'll get the blocks of games first, and then we'll have our in-depth main feature-focused games at the tail end of this show. We're still going to get to every single game. Like I mentioned, though, I will take the first block of games but before we get to that, i got to remind everybody that this show, as all of our content, is brought to you by the good friends at BlastRadiusCoffee.com. It's coffee for athletes. For more information, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com and follow them at BlastRadiusCoffee on all of the social media. I'm going to get started up in the North County and work my way down. I've got Orange Glen. Oh, I shouldn't say I've Still struggling to be, I feel so alone right now, not having people to bounce this off of. But first game I'll talk about is Orange Glen playing host to Classical Academy. Orange Glen coming off a weird week last week where Cale Patterson still rushes for 340 yards. They put up 32 points as a team, but they don't come away with the win because they were playing against Tyler Buckner and Bishops. And that is a wrecking crew in and of itself. Classical Academy sitting at four and two right now. They are, are coming off of a, a, a nail-biter last week versus Tri-City Christian. So this, to me, is a very interesting setup right now for this, uh, this, this Coastal League battle. Orange Glen, I think, gives off the appearance of being the underdog, but to me, this is a very even-cut matchup. Westview, they're going to be hosting Rancho Bernardo. RB, as we mentioned kind of last week in the recap show, Looks like maybe they've crawled back in the mix a little bit, if you will. At 4-2 and two right now, they seem to have put their early season woes behind them. They've got four straight wins. They're coming off of a 24-21 win against El Camino, which El Camino has had some huge wins, so you kind of use that trickle-down theory, and, and you start to look at it, and you're like, all right, there have been some close wins. There have been some blowouts. There, there's only close losses this might actually be a pretty pretty good team. So Westview definitely has their uh, their work cut out for them. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a week where they're they're gonna have to win this one on a defensive battle. So look look for Rancho Bernardo to be in the driver's seat there. Rancho Buena Vista is taking on San Pasqual. This one is uh, definitely it's time to start watching San Pasqual and where they seed up in the. Uh, the Division Three playoffs, or Division Two, I apologize. The Division Two playoffs, they're five and one right now, and uh, you look at the rest of the schedule for San Pasqual, and, and you start to check off. Okay, that one might be winnable. That moves them to six and one, to seven and one, to eight and one. They do have to take it one game at a time, but you you, you definitely come into this one with San Pasqual as the team that you are paying attention to. Another Coastal League matchup, Tri-City Christian is playing against Santa Fe Christian. Both of these teams sitting at 4-2 and two right now, deadlocked in the uh, the regular season one. So the, the regular season records versus uh, uh, 
league record. So this is now an opportunity for one of these two teams to to really make a play for that Coastal League one and two because everyone's assumingly going to be having to put pressure on uh, on bishops. So Tri City Christian, Santa Fe Christian, pretty evenly cut. Maybe if you dig kind of deep into it, you, you feel like SFC maybe is the team in the driver's seat here. Olympian, they are going to be taking on Modern Day Catholic in a South Bay battle. Modern Day Catholic and Olympian, both uh, the victims of really tough scheduling this year. We've had some some pundits on this year really discussing how they feel like the South Bay kind of aggregate as a whole has played the toughest schedule of any region in San Diego. And these two teams are definitely a reflection of that. You know, you start to look maybe, maybe can Modern Day Catholic climb into this one? You know, if they get this win, it puts them back at 500. And maybe Coach Joyner isn't 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 necessarily pretending. Maybe he's messing around with a little something, something. Brawley, they're going to be playing host to Palo Verde Valley. Some must win for Brawley, but you look at them. They're, they're decently lined up here historically in this matchup. Palo Verde Valley, though, very impressive this season, coming into this one with a 4-2 and two mark. Imperial, the Tigers, they'll be playing host to the Calexico Bulldogs in another battle out in the Inland Empire. Imperial, they are the favorites here, but don't be surprised if, you know, Calexico maybe pulls a little bit of an upset. Both of these teams looking at this one as a must-win game. Southwest El Centro and Central will be, uh, the Central Union Spartans will be taking on one another in a battle that is the one that I have circled as the must-watch game out in the Inland Empire for Friday night. Central, really, really quality team. They've had a couple of losses the last few weeks that I think have some people not quite always focused on them, but this team is lethal when you get them into a playoff, winner-take-all type scenario. They have the run game, they have the pass game, they have enough defense, so... You want to look at these games and start studying it if you're somebody who's a fan of a team in Division Three. This is the time to start paying attention to you know who out there might be a threat. Ocean View Christian and St. Joseph Academy, they will be taking on one another this Friday night. And finally, we've got Maranatha Christian. I, I say finally for this block, not for the entire show. Maranatha Christian and Escondido Charter We'll be duking it out up in the North County. Pair of schools looking for a exciting Friday night win. I'll be back in just a second to hit a quick break and remind you that as always, all of our content here at San Diego Prep Insider is brought to you by our good friends at Blast Radius Coffee. Be back in a second. Welcome back to the San Diego Prep Insider High School Football Preview Show. Christian Pedersen. Here in the, uh, the the B studios, if you can call a closet that, we, we've had some uh, reconstruction or, or, or construction, I should say, here in the studios all week that kind of dragged out a little bit longer than we planned. So uh, we thank you for putting staying. But while we've got a, everyone kind of scattered to the wind, I got another block of games right now for you. And then we will talk to Tommy and Bodie in the show. First one I want to talk about here in this block is Army, Navy, and Francis Parker. Pair of schools that have uh, not necessarily had marquee seasons, but have had some moments here and there that you look at and you go, okay, I, I see what you're working with. For Parker, 
you look at them still in the Division Five playoffs as a team that, to me, is, is one of those sleepers. They, they've had a couple of losses early in the season where I think they were still trying to find their identity, and then a couple of losses later in the season where yeah, they were playing some really good teams with, with Menlo and Bishops. So, you know, you know that Ca- uh, Castle Park and, and SFC were two losses they took earlier in the season, two very good teams. So I look at this as Coach Morrison has has something. And, and and it it's it's not a it's not a, a comparable anything to what he had last year because that senior class and Ryan Sanborn is gone and, and uh, we miss we missed you Sanborn family uh, you you were good friends of the show but uh, kidding and reminiscing aside it's the same kind of thing where I was I was saying with 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 Central if you are another team or another group a, a fan of a team in the Division Five playoff race. You want to start scouting out opportunities where, hey, this is a team that we got to be worried about. This is a team that we got to con- be concerned about. And, and I think that you look at, at this week, if Parker can get this win here, pick up just a little bit of confidence, they get a little bit more lethal every single week to close out this season. Bonita Vista, they will be taking on East Lake down in the South Bay for the Bonita Vista Barons. It's, uh, it's time to come correct about your identity. They're a good team. They've lost to some really good teams. But this, I think, is an opportunity to to solidify that. Yeah, they're a little bit of a threat. Three and four right now on the season, but yeah, they're closing it. They, they're just a, 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 a notch shy of two hundred points scored this year. So you know that the offensive production is there. You can't even really necessarily look at the losses and, and scoff at anything. Saints, Steel Canyon, those are open division teams that you're talking about a D3 team losing to. Hilltop and Otai Ranch are both one-score games that you lost. Otai Ranch was a dramatic comeback, and Hilltop's one of the favorites. So this win right here, I think, is going to be a big moment potentially for Benita Vista to hang their hat on. And for Eastlake, it's time to play that free and relaxed version of football where you're just like, hey, let's go out there every week. And uh, for these last three weeks, let's pick up some dubs. Let's get things going a little bit. If they climb back into this at, at, at five and five, potentially you know, scoring themselves a, a, a spot in the Division One playoffs, things are not as disastrous and 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 all doom and gloom of a season as you would have uh, thought that they might turn out to be a couple weeks ago. So big moment right here. I expect Benita Vista, though, to be a very tough challenge for East Lake as things continue to shake up in the South Bay this year. Going up to the North County, Carlsbad is taking on Oceanside this Friday night. Carlsbad, 5-1, and one, Oceanside 4-2, and two, but decently different tales of the tape this year. Uh, Oceanside... Very much a run team with uh, Kavika Tua. They got a lot of sacks. They're a uh, they're a good team, but they are a good team that took one heck of a loss last week that you almost just have to hope that it, it just gets thrown out, as that was this the statistical outlier. The the Carlsbad Lancers. They have been in the driver's seat 
for an open division thing, uh, seeding all year. Uh, this has been a very, very surprisingly efficient and good year, but they are uh, a little bit more of a passing team, a little bit more of an interceptions team. It, it's going to be a great matchup, but this is also going to be a matchup where we're going to figure out, you know, it, it, Carl, Carlsbad's an open division lock if they win. Oceanside is a spoiler at this point if they win, but it, 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 a, a bad loss here for Oceanside puts you in a little bit of, of, of further confusion. So you're, I, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a good game. I'm hoping that Oceanside bounces back, not necessarily all the way to a win. I'm just saying that for the health of San Diego High School football, we need last week to be a, a little bit of a statistical outlier and anomaly on the season. For Carlsbad, though, you start looking at if they're an open division team, let's get to know, you know what makes them so, so good this year. And they've got a junior quarterback of Aiden Sain and a senior quarterback, Jack Garrity, kind of both having taken snaps this year. Sain's getting significantly more of them rushing they got one, two, they got six guys in double digits uh, in terms of of carries this year. But it, but it ends up all coming down to Cole Wright. And, and we spoke to him before the season uh, about what he was looking forward to this year. And he was really big on just the versatility. And, and Cole right now is their big leading receiver. He's got a couple of huge carries for them. You know, look out. It's a good team. So Friday night, maybe that's the game that you want to go check out. It's going to be a really, really good one. Borrego Springs, they're going to be playing host to San Pasqual Academy. It's something to go watch if you are out east into the Empire. San Marcos, they will be taking on El Camino in, in part of what just is the uh, the collateral damage side, I would say, uh, of the big-time divisions uh, up north in, in Avocado, out in uh the, the Grossmont Hills and Valley League in the east and then in, in, the, in the Western League here in the city, you kind of have these situations where you look at some of the win-loss records and you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, that's not reflective of this team. That That's ludicrous to say that one of these two or both of these squads would have those kind of records. And, you know, for San Marcos to be two and four, you look at it, that's a tough first year for Coach Stank. But that's still a really good San Marcos team. And El Camino has had a couple of very signature wins this year. This one, to me, though, just becomes a really tough toss-up, but I guess at this point I'm leaning slightly more towards this being El Camino's game uh, to win or to lose. Julian will play Calvary, Calvary Christian Academy, one of the schools that I apologize for always having trouble enunciating, Calvary Christian. Valley Center is going to be playing host to La Costa Canyon. This one real interesting. LCC is 3-2, and two, Valley Center is 4-2. and two. Division one team versus division two team. Both of these teams kind of in the mix. Valley Center a little bit more so than uh, La Costa Canyon, but is still in the mix. Like they're both getting some 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 high praise, if you will. LCC being voted into the top ten by the media poll, and uh, Valley Center's uh, the third ranked, fourth ranked, fifth ranked, somewhere in that type of, of range for division two, depending on what sources you use for your rankings. So this is a big game. This is a huge opportunity for both of these schools to uh, to really solidify 
an argument for themselves heading into the playoffs. So I, I look at this one as one of the real interesting scores that I'm going to pay attention to uh, to, to kind of know, hey, is Aiden Lippert back and really fused into that offense with LCC? What's going on with Valley Center? Are they one of the teams that has been most slept on up until this point in the season? Out in the East County, Monta Vista is going to be taking on Mount Miguel. Mount Miguel at 3-3, three and three, Monta Vista at 2-4 and four are a pair of schools that have had you know, close seasons. Uh, Mount Miguel has scored more points than they have allowed, so you look at that as a positive for a 3-3 three and three squad. Monta Vista hit hard-ish by graduation. You know, whenever you lose a signature generational player like that, it, it, it's tough. But they've also followed it up with playing some really close losses against some really good Division One opponents. You know, I, I look at this as being a little bit more interesting on the Mount Miguel side. You, if you go down into the Division Four playoff picture, Santana and Montgomery obviously are are two of the much more known plot lines, but Mount Miguel could climb into a home game type setup. And that would be absolutely huge for them coming into the playoffs this year. So look for this one to be a really interesting telltale game of how these last few weeks are going to close out. Poway and Mount Carmel are going to square off up in the North County. This will be the last one for this block. And then you will hear from Bodie and Tommy as we close or close out the second half of the show. Poway at four and three, Mount Carmel at two and four. Man, this is this is an interesting game because Poway, at one point, I, I felt that they were a top 10 team. They have a really prolific offense. They just, you know, the, the, the football gods have not blessed them with a couple of bounces this way, that way, and the other. And uh, for Mount Carmel, the comeback is, is in bloom. The team is, we mentioned earlier in the season, you know, they're back. And some of that hyperbolic, some of that, you know, they have good wins. Valley Center is a good win. Ramona, that was a, that was a clutch win. So a couple of opportunities for us to see what the, the future, the current president, as it's evolving into the future kind of thing, looks like for Mount Carmel. It, it's going to come down to, though, if, this is going to need to be the week where Mount Carmel's offense steps up because you know that even if you slow Poway down, you're not going to stop Poway. They've just shown too much of a track record of offensive production this year that I, I see this as... Poway's game to win, but Mount Carmel needs to play uh, a, a step above what they've shown us this year, but I don't think that that's impossible for them to find this gear. Be back after a real quick break. You're, with some, you're listening to the San Diego Prep Insider High School Football Preview Show. On the other side of the break, you will hear from Tommy and Tommy Morris and Bodie De Silva as we close out the second half of this show. Thank you very much. All right, we are now joined by SD Preps, Bodie De Silva, the man for Scorebook Live here in California in the San Diego section. Bodie is not able to join. I mean, no one's able to join us tonight, but Bodie has the distinction of being off doing CPR class. So uh, just know that next time your local neighborhood Scorebook Live reporter is on site at a game, he can save your life. Hopefully. No, 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 there needs to be legally. Well, let, let's hope that you're a little bit more confident in your football uh, previews than, than perhaps in your life saving skills. Although I feel like the two should be flipped. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bodie. 
we got a great yep. slate of games to talk about here. First off, I just want to get your quick take on the the massive difference between the San Diego media pool and the computer output uh, of the actual CIF rankings. Uh, Steel Canyon, most notably, jumps up astronomically, but just uh, help us kind of understand your take on the differences. Yeah, it's been interesting to me because, and not that I necessarily agree with what we've seen in the in the playoff poll, because I'm not sure how all their they're really uh, putting it together. I know that they took out margin of victory this year, but uh, the strength of schedule just seems off for me. Um, I know Madison's played some good teams, and uh, but for Cathedral to not have the top strength of schedule, and, and it looks like at this point it's even maybe fourth in the county. I mean, they've played some top 10 teams nationally, and for that not to count is, is a little confusing. I know we want to reward Steel Canyon with them being the only undefeated team in Division One, but um, I'd <laughs> It seems like we're always working on what the what the right process is to go about the the playoff system, and maybe we're getting closer. But I don't think I don't think this ultimately is the way to go. You bring up strength of schedule, and I I would be remiss if I did not look to the bottom of the bracket and see that at the 15 seed right now in Division One, East Lake has a strength of schedule that is rated as more than a full point higher than Cathedral Catholics. And I, I know that that's all, all sort of relative to perspective, how you want to spin that. But you're right, Bodie. There are some very interesting scheduling and perspective differences. Uh, let's get on to the games. Your first one is Claremont versus Coronado. Who do you see here? What do you see here? Yeah, so they have a couple of common opponents so far. And I, I, it looks like it's going to be a really close game. Um, they've The way they've played each other's common opponents, uh, there's been some wins and losses. So I don't think we're going to have a blowout here. I'll take Coronado at home. Um, I think that always gives you a couple points there, but uh, this should be a good game on Friday night. Scripps Ranch looks to remain undefeated as they play host to Crawford. What yeah, do you see here? This this is tough for Crawford. Um, Scripps Ranch has, has been great defensively, and that's the thing Crawford struggle at is their offense so far. Um, so I expect Scripps Ranch in this one. Um, it's just part of <laughs> part of the schedule. You got to play who's up next, and, and this is the week. It's going to be a tough one for Crawford. Uh, uh, Crawford, though, is a team that you, know, you look into some of the lower divisions, and there's an interesting strength of schedule argument there. They have had a very, very tough year. Uh, speaking of tough years on the schedule, Patrick Henry and Kearney are squaring off this Friday night. Both of these teams have played aggressive, hard schedules. Both of these teams have been very close in it in all these games and maybe don't have records reflecting their talent. Yeah, it's been fun uh, with Patrick Henry and their new coaching staff this year. It seems like every game's been in the 50s and 60s, which is some exciting football. Uh, in this game, two quarterbacks are putting a few numbers, Mario Alves and Matthew Castillo. Um, I'll go with Henry in this one. Um, I think they'll just outscore him there at the end, but I'm expecting something in the 50s again. Only time this season that Patrick Henry has not scored 40 or more points was a 39-point outing in a win versus Monta Vista in Week 3. Oh, no, I'm sorry, but... Uh, two points. They also scored 32 against Morris. I, I had that score mm-hmm. flipped there. But still, like you mentioned, Buddy, really, really aggressive offense. Steel Canyon, the number one team, according to the CIF output of the rankings, they are taking on LCAP. Give me a little bit of, a, of an insider's look here. Yeah, maybe uh, these playoff rankings are looking at defense because that's the thing that Steel Canyon uh, has been huge for this year. 
Uh, they returned nine starters from their defense last year, and clearly that's paid off. Super experienced guys, a bunch of talented guys, and they got Wes Neely at running back, who's done a great job. Uh, El Cap keeps looking for the first win. It's tough, though, this year. The Grossmont Hills League is, has been as good as any league in the county. So um, I think Steel Canyon gets them this week, and, and they'll have big chances. If they want to be the one seed, they got Helix and Grossmont in the next couple of weeks. Thank goodness the media poll doesn't have to figure that one out because the games will actually yeah. be played <laughs> against each other, and, and they'll figure it out for themselves. Granite Hills is hosting Grossmont this Friday night. To me, this is a really interesting game because both of these teams have had huge ups and a couple of downs this year. Yeah, this has been a good rivalry dating back decades and decades. So uh, Jamie Odom's been great for Grossmont this year. He keeps moving up the record books. And he, um, Brody Schicker at receiver, Robert Tucker at running back. He's got guys to, um, to get the ball to there. And, and Granite Hills, they're relying on Justice McComb. Uh, he's been really good, 18 touchdowns so far this year. But um, I think for Grossmont, they keep, I mean, if they want a league title, they haven't had one since 05, they got to, secure this week and then get Steel Cannon and the Helix in the next two. So I think Grossmont takes it this week. La Jolla Country Day and Bishops will be squaring off this Friday night, a battle of two very prolific quarterbacks in EJ Kreutzman and Tyler Buckner. Assuming, though, that this one is probably Bishops' game uh, to lose, or at least they're the ones in the driver's seat coming in? Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to be at this game, so I'm really looking forward to oh, seeing, getting another look look at each of these quarterbacks. Um but, yeah, you talk about how prolific they are. Buckner's at 452 total yards per game, and Kreutzmann's at 451. So uh, we know it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it'll come down to um, the first off the offense that makes the first mistake, I think, is once you give that ball back to the other side, odds are they're going to cash in, and, and that, could, that could be the difference. To the South Bay for our next game with Mar Vista playing host to Southwest San Diego. Yeah, so Southwest, they've been running the ball really well. Um, it's a big rivalry down in the South Bay, the bell game, as, as they like to call it. Um, I just think the way Southwest on offense, uh, controlling the clock and running the ball, I think they'll take this one. Sweetwater versus Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery's been playing really well. Um, it's been a tough year for Sweetwater so far. I believe their, their lone victory came against Fallbrook. Uh, Montgomery's rushing attack, Jaheim Williams, he's, he's been having a great year, so I think he'll continue it this week, and Montgomery gets the win. Let's close out your block with Mira Mesa and Christian squaring off. Yeah, Mira Mesa's got some guys that um, we'll see in the next couple of years. I know they're starting some uh, freshmen and sophomores out there, but which is tough at the varsity level um, and a team that was that had such a good year last year and lost some key seniors. But uh, Christian quarterback Gabe Krug has had a really good year as a dual threat quarterback, uh, and Nate Steins run for nine touchdowns. So I think Christian's offense will lead him to this win. You can follow him on social media at SD Preps and make sure to go follow Scorebook Live California and Scorebook Live, their national accounts. They are the official partners of the CIF in all sections, I believe. I hope. Um, I, I hope I'm, yep. I'm, I'm proper. I hope, yeah, I hope I'm properly advertising <laughs> that. Uh, Bodie De Silva, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you hopefully back in studio next week, and I will see you on Friday night. All right, so we are now joined by Tommy Morris, who uh, is an, well, we're all scattered to the wind as we've gone over, but he is uh, so happy Yom Kippur, man. Uh, he he's off cel- yeah. as one of the tribe. Happy he's off, he is off celebrating the new year. Um, this is so, technically against the rules. I'm breaking the rules for you guys. Oh, well, okay. Well, uh, we will, we will keep it. Yeah. Qu- we will keep it quick oh, then. Um, Tommy's yeah. got a block of games. Tommy, let's start with Sarah versus Hoover. Sarah looked. He, 
huge win last week against Coronado Hoover. Can they play spoiler for this league, though? Yeah, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm a toot my own horn. I told you about them a couple of years ago because they had a really strong freshman team, which generally when they become juniors is a pretty good sign. That's what's happening right now. We're talking about a team that now has some top 10 votes even in the UC poll. So they're here to stay there for real. I don't think they're losing this one at all. Next game we've got is La Jolla at 3-3 three and three, playing host to Morse at 4-2. and two. I think at some points this season – both of these teams have had moments of hype. So who are you buying into more on this one? I'm buying into Morris. Again, I always side with the running team. So Morris being that team, I always go with them. But La Jolla, sophomore quarterback, in two years they're going to be nasty. But just not right now. In two years, I think this might be a different situation. But right now, i got Morris. A pair of teams going at it between UC and Point Loma that have had really tough schedules. So the win-loss record not necessarily reflective of the talent on the field. Give us a little insight on this matchup. Yeah, you got two teams with tough As you mentioned, don't worry about the win loss record, especially come playoff time. These are a couple of teams that will be significantly better when they get there. And I think both are going to surprise some teams. I'm going to go with UC in this one. I know it's kind of a crazy pick, but I just have a, I have a hunch here that UC might be able to pull this one out. It'll be a very close game. Gunna, the gunslinger, Mr. Gray. Um, Saints and Lincoln are squaring off. This one, to me, at the beginning of the season was a, wow, that could potentially be for Western League, maybe for second place in Western League. And now this almost feels like back against the wall must win for Lincoln. What do you make out of this Yeah, game? Lincoln, yeah, tough, tough loss against Madison. I'm sure they weren't happy about that. And Lincoln's still a good team. I don't care who they've lost to, who they beat. They're still a good team. This will be a close game. Saints has looked fantastic this year. We've talked about them pretty much all year long. I think Saints gets this one, but I think it'll be very close. It's one of those games where you can kind of save your season if you're, if you're, not, if you're Lincoln by winning this one, so you get all hyped up for it and kind of play this one as if it's your Super Bowl. I think it'll be Saints by a touchdown and a half. Very interesting to see what at four and th- if it does go out that way, what at four and three is the narrative with Lincoln because they have so, so much talent. But going into the season, we knew that the Western League was going to be an absolute disaster for everybody because when you have that much talent concentrated in one spot you know that yeah, things I, are going to go wrong for somebody yeah four and three and but it's a hard schedule so i, I don't look at it as that much negative i look at it as positive challenging themselves and i think it'll it'll help them out when they get to play up. so you're not hitting the panic button at all the next game we got is a four and two escondido playing host to ramona big north county matchup tommy yeah, I mean, in past years, you would write in Ramona and not even think about it. The Escondido's are strong this year. I'm going to go with the upset here. If you can count an upset, I'm going to go with Escondido. Oh, okay. We, we got yeah. an upset alert, apparently. Uh, next game, we got Valhalla playing host to Helix. Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of those things where Helix going to get the league play, with the exception of a couple teams, is going to be the awesome favorite by multiple touchdowns. I, I think this one could get ugly. But Valhalla having a resurgent year, another one of those teams, I'm telling you, in the playoffs, they're going to be deadly. Keegan Baker, love what he's doing over there in the Orange. But Helix, is, it's just a tough matchup for them. And I don't think they're, they're not quite there yet. So I, I'm going to go with Helix by kind of wide margin, but I don't think it'll be as bad as in, in the past couple of years. I'll say something interesting to watch for in this game will be how Helix uh, adjusts with a reduced El Elyon Noah, uh, as we saw on Twitter no fractures in his foot. He is 
ready to go. I don't think this is a game though where you need to to put him in in a huge workload. So, yeah, and I think we I mean, we talked to the coach last week, and he's telling you how deep they are at running back as far as the kids they have. I think this is going to be a smart week to maybe let him rest and relax because even though there is no fracture, something that kind of scares me is maybe a re-injury risk or something that could get a little worse. And you want him healthy towards the end of the year, especially during playoffs. So I, I would not even mess with it. I, I would tell him, kid, I love you, but you're wearing your letterman tonight. You're not wearing a helmet and just kind of hang out and help out from the sideline. Well, and, and, and I think my curiosity is, does Helix just put next man up, keep the same offensive scheme, or do they take this as a week to work a little bit more on some deeper new ends of the playbook that Coach Owens has uh, stashed away? The next thing we got is Victory Christian Academy playing host to Warner Tommy, a pair of teams that are looking to make a little bit of noise there. You got a favorite in this one? I'm completely biased towards San Diego teams. Warner pretty far away. Some of the Victory Christian, just for that reason, that reason only. Deal. This will put that a win there will put Victory Christian Academy above 500 on the season. Mission Hills coming off a like a that was a whooping last week that they put down on Oceanside. They are playing host to Tory Pines. Can Tory? play spoiler down the road or is mission hills potentially an open division team i was shocked by that result yeah i mean oceanside team that looked very good this season we were struggling back and forth with who's going to win that game and mission hills made it pretty definitive and just because of that i have to go with them i mean they proved themselves they're for real tory pines is always going to be good i don't care what the record says or who's on the team it's the system that sliding has up there he's one of the better coaches in the county they're always going to be competitive i think this will be a close game but i've got mission hills Mountain Empire is playing host to O'Farrell Charter. We got a pair of teams here that we're always kind of interested about because Mountain Empire takes a lot, or at least this season, they have taken a lot of really tough losses to huge-time opponents. O'Farrell Charter, a brand-new program, still inside that that kind of four-year margin that we've all talked about. They don't have graduating football seniors yet. So is this O'Farrell's first win of, uh, of the season, or is Mountain Empire going to get the W? I think O'Farrell's going to have to wait a little bit. Mount Empire really challenged themselves to the schedule this year. A team that's smaller school with kind of a crazy radius as far how far away these kids have to come from. So they always have to struggle with that. But it's, I have to the number for making effort to have a little bit harder schedule because they had a couple of good years in a row. So they're trying to make that program step up a little bit. But yeah, O'Farrell's concerned. I don't think this is the week for them to get that first maybe. Last game in your block, Tommy. We got Vista and Del Norte squaring off at Del Norte. This one, uh, I am, I am now in on the the Vista train because I have voted for them as the tenth spot in my top ten rankings. Where do you fall on this one, though? I am way in on Vista. I've been in on Vista since I think three years ago when uh, Des who was a freshman. I saw him playing in varsity. I mean, that kid and he's going to be a monster. Prediction turned out to be correct. The kid is a monster, tough guy to stop, and I know it's the full team, not just him, but. He's really been an impact player for them. I can't not pick this in this one. Low-key, Tommy Morris is the tastemaker hipster of San Diego high school football because, as you will have yeah, noticed yeah, if you yeah. listen back to I, that— Yeah, I genuinely figured out that if a kid started in on varsity as a freshman, he's probably pretty good. Well, no, you also, you also <laughs> went, you went with Sarah's freshman team being good. So you referenced freshman year stats a couple of different times in the last six minutes of radio. So I will give you absolute hipster. You and Noah both. Noah's looking at JV stats— all season projecting out, you're projecting out. Uh, oh no, no one knows. No one knows the stats for the YMCA uh, seven and under flag football league. He's 
That's he's true. Way deep in the sky. Well, and and then I mean, yes. If you go, I was going to go with Bodie as the one because he actually does coach the uh, the the middle school middle flag school. football level. So uh, yeah, kind of we got everybody here doing <laughs> all of the research that has nothing to do with the right here and now, but uh, of the the future projection out. So uh, we got we got pretty much every age uh, represented in that in that wide scope. We got them all covered. You can find him at Real Tommy Morris. He will be tweeting out once Yom Kippur celebrations are over. Tommy, thank you very much for joining us. You have a happy, you. happy New Year. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have some apples and honey. That's what we're supposed to do today. Thanks for sticking around here at the San Diego Prep Insider High School Football Preview Show. One last group of games to focus on. Got a little bit more in depth. Also got the whole field of people involved, Bodie and Tommy and myself. First one is going to be Madison versus Cathedral Catholic. Now, this is something that, that gets interesting later in the football season. And that is games that you didn't necessarily have circled as being huge. Cathedral Catholic 6-1, and one, Madison 4-2. and two. Cathedral, by most indications, one of the best teams in the County, state, country, either you, 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 don't, you don't necessarily think of it that way after you take a loss and they don't get the number one vote in San Diego, but they're still a really phenomenally, exceptionally good team. Like, like next night, you got Jordan Allen this week freaking getting nominations for the, you know, USA Today High School Player of the Week. That's outrageous. That's really good. But Madison, the last two weeks, has played... Somewhat big-time spoiler, beating Grossmont and Lincoln handily and showing both offensive success with Keontae Springs and defensive success in stopping run and pass alike. We didn't have this one circle necessarily as being this big of an impact of a game, but with the Holy Bowl still remaining this season... You know that Cathedral and Saints, one of those two teams, is going to add a loss. So, so backing out from that one square, you actually look at this as being perhaps one of, if not the most important remaining game on both of these teams' schedules because Madison's hot right now, and this is the one time a year that I would say that you would want to be any sort of around sniffing having to play a Cathedral Catholic if you're Madison. That being said, I'm not going to go out on a limb and, and call any sort of a savage upset, but I will say that, that this one plays in very interestingly to the strength of schedule argument that the CIF rankings are coming out with, saying Madison has played one of the toughest schedules. You heard Bodie talk about that earlier. This has got to be the game of the week for me. Everybody needs to be focused on this one because the implications are going to ripple outwards. Now let's hear what Tommy and Bodie have to say. Madison with an impressive win so far of the season, but Cathedral, slightly more impressive win. So I think it'll be Cathedral by two touchdowns. Yeah, so Cathedral and Madison, this has been a, a good rivalry in recent years. They've been to five state title games between the two of them since 08. Uh, Madison's looked really good, but I just think the way Cathedral is this year, um, Cathedral's going to take this one on the road. Okay, so our next game is out in the East County. It's got trophy it, this is a true rivalry game as we close in on the last few weeks of the season and that is Santana taking on West Hills this game very much has had the big brother little brother vibe 
it's the it, the two schools came out of one another. They they're the neighboring literally they're just like right border next to each other. They're down the street from each other, but they're also several divisions apart. And Santana historically has been the lower you know the D five D four smaller school. They're having a good time, but then you know they're 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 scraping wins here and there. Santana historically has been the the division two, division three, somewhere in there. A couple, just a couple divisions above, a little bit bigger base, a little bit bigger students. But man, this year it seems like Santana is a bully out in the East County with everything that they have uh, accomplished so far in seven weeks. You start to wonder how you're going to be able to doubt them. They're almost 350 yards of offense a week, 35 touchdowns. They're not allowing very many points. On the other side, West Hills certainly has had a good last few weeks. Winning three straight versus Chula, El Cap, and El Cajon Valley, including a shutout last week against El Cajon Valley. So from early in the season when they lost two in a row and thinking that, okay, maybe this is just an up year for one, a down year for the other, this game has slowly done a dance around one another to my goodness, this is going to be the the most enjoyable iteration of this rivalry potentially ever. Certainly in the years that I have been covering it, certainly in recent history, but I think this is one year where both of these teams, you might yield a truly legendary game in this rivalry's history, but I got to think that at this point, I'm siding with Santana, I'm siding with Castle Park, I'm siding with all of the undefeateds until I see otherwise. Now, let's hear from Tommy and Bodie. Santana, man, I mean, a team that doesn't like to lose, is they may be taking over the reins, you know, in their little pocket of East County. I like them here. Uh, yeah, so I picked against Santana last week. I thought Mount Miguel would get it, would get one in, and um, they obviously didn't. They held it close for a little bit, but the way Santana's been playing, they've been rolling through everyone. Uh, quarterback Nathan Temple's put up some huge numbers so far this year, so I've got to go to Santana here. San Diego versus Mission Bay, Coach James. I hear you, man. I hear you. Not the level of love this season, and we do apologize for that. It's been a chaotic year, both in the studio trying to figure out everything, getting guest-wise and whatnot, and just also externally trying to, 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 trying to make heads nor tails of this year's San Diego high school football season has been crazy because just when you think you've got into a rhythm, you look out into a different part of the county and something has gone crazy. But we see you, San Diego. You set a school record this year for consecutive wins. Mo Jackson, congratulations to him this week on winning the Union Tribune San Diego Players or Student Athletes of the Week, one of those awards. This kid's a real deal. They've got freshmen getting offers. They've got everything other than maybe necessarily the brand-name depth that had been happening the last year. But I've got this game circled, and I put this on the docket this week because... To me, this is the the Spider-Man meme a little bit. Not that necessarily these two schools match up mirroring each other in terms of talent-wise, but I think that Mission Bay sees a a, a lot of themselves in San Diego. They see a program that was once historic and great, kind of lost its way as people started transferring, shifting to other schools, but is clamoring to rebuild and come back with an absolute purpose. It's not necessarily that we see this, that Mission Bay is going to upset this year, but take this game as a a marker 
for, for Clash, Oarsborne, and company as to where they are going in the future because San Diego is a, is a they're not a, a flash in the pan, one graduating senior class and done type of thing. They're a school that is a model of how to build yourself and rebuild your program. So Mission Bay, two years from now, potential CIF, like front runner contender type talent. So look, one year from now maybe, but just look for this one as, as to me, an indicator of, of how close Mission Bay is to that success. Bodie, Tommy. Sandy got this one. Mission Bay, though, we'll look out for them the next couple of years. I know they've been down for a while, but I'm a big fan of Clash. Orsborn, San Diego, though, Mo Jackson, great running attack, and I am very biased for running teams or passing teams. So I will go with that. Yeah, Mission Bay has been a good surprise. Uh, sophomore quarterback Clash Orsborn has put up some really good numbers for a sophomore. Uh, but I think the Cavers rushing attack, Mo Jackson, uh, it'll just be too much for, for Mission Bay. Castle Park and El Cajon Valley, the CP Trojans. Man. I mentioned them earlier in the show that they are one of the undefeated squads left in San Diego at 6-0, and and they are, they are looking good. They've got an identity. Eric Hernandez is a d- dynamic runner. They've got a defense that is providing large margins of victory. I mean, they've got 261 points for 101 points allowed. So when you're scoring more than twice the amount of points you're allowing, you know that schematically both sides of the ball have been figured out. So congratulations to to Castle Park and the success they have had this season. This one screams trap game, though. El Cajon Valley, very early on in the season, we were collectively as a show debating, you know, how good is this team going to be? They were 3-0 and at one point. And then it seems to have leveled out perhaps a little bit, literally in the sense that it's 3-3, three and three, but also in the sense that there's been a little bit larger uh, margins the last couple of weeks. That being said, what we, what we have seen from El Cajon Valley is that in a couple of their wins this year and in a couple of their losses this year, they've got the ability to slow things down control the ball with their run game, play defense. And to me, when you've got Castle with the run game, El Cajon Valley with the run game, that screams the potential for this being a low-scoring game that puts a decent challenge into Castle Park. And, uh, you know, tests, we, we know the skill side. Now we need to see the resolve. We need to see the mental prowess, the toughness, see what they've got on that. Because at, at Castle Park, you're looking after this at, Southwest San Diego, San Ysidro, and then Montgomery. So that Montgomery game is going to be a huge heavyweight fight down in the South Bay. And the next three games are just going to be testing whether or not Castle Park has that mental focus and resolve to keep the repetition, keep the repetition, keep the repetition, continue to remain perfect. Tommy, Bodie. At Castle Park in this one, the team that we saw have to cancel some games, you know, a couple of years ago because they didn't end up kids. The program is looking to get back on its feet. Good things over there, Castle Park. All right, thank you, everybody, and thank you to the listeners for sticking around for the Week 8 San Diego High School, Week 7 San Diego High School, whatever week this is. I always get confused by the bye weeks and all the games and all the teams and all the whatnot, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Thank you to Bodie and Tommy. Sorry to Noah that we couldn't get a chance to connect him. I just, like I said, I messed all this up with with the renovations and additions that we're trying to do here in the studios. 
Sports fans, we will see you at a game on Friday night. Remember, you can follow along at SD Prep Insider on all of the social media. Take it easy. We'll talk to you soon.